Welcome, Badgerverse, to the Badger Audiovisual Podcast Presentation Hour. I'm here with uh, my good friends Tridium and Cookies. Cookies, this is your first time on the Badgercast. Actually, I don't know, maybe it's like your 1.5th time because we tried recording this last week and an audio glitch uh, has us back in the studio today recording again. So welcome again. And uh, what's going on? Thank you. Yeah, happy to be here. Honestly, I like the 1.5 take because I feel like I got all the butterflies out. You know, I know I know how it works now. Wetted my beak a little bit and now I'm uh, ready to rock and roll here. Yeah, it's kind of like when the dog eats someone else's homework, right? That's <laughs> exactly. And uh, we're also here with Tridium. Uh, Tridium, what's going on? Not much, yeah. Had a nice weekend. It's Monday. Excited. Keep on going. Cookies, do you want to give us a quick intro on, on what you work on uh, in Badger and then and then Tridium? You can uh, say hi and tell us what you're uh, working on and thinking about these days. Yeah. Hey, uh, so I do a lot of backend Web2, DevOps, Web3 kind of like blended stuff for Badger. So I got my start uh, back in July working full-time. And before that was actually working with Tridium before he started full-time on some community involvement projects and Discord bots. And then through that, got introduced to Dap, who you know is one of the founders of Badger, one of the uh, technical leads. And he was looking for someone to help him manage the keeper bots that run all the harvests and um, smart contract, like day-to-day functionalities, making sure that you know the interest is actually realized for Badger vaults and funds get moved around and such. So I took that over in July and have been helping out with our cloud infrastructure and like DevOps automation, um, some like web two security practices and stuff since then. So it's currently what I'm working on. And then um, I've also been doing a little bit with the like Badger Boost rewards repos as well. Awesome. And, uh, and Tridium, what's, uh, what are you working on these days? Oh, you know, I'm, I kind of been, as you know, I've kind of done a little bit of everything everywhere. Right now, my primary focuses are um, a little bit on like helping the tech team continue to find and onboard people, but primarily really focusing on our influence strategy. So that's kind of about like Convex and, and FXS and other like influence ecosystems, right? And how we create the best system to kind of utilize that to create yields for Bitcoin and DeFi and how we get that out to the market and make people understand it uh, and yeah, do cool stuff there. Um, and then the other thing that I'm kind of, I've been talking about for a very long time is, is governance and the next steps there. Uh, and so I'm hoping to really like n- next month really kick off and try to try to get that going again. And that is a beautiful segue into what we are going to be talking about today. So we've been on the BadgerCast before talking about our plays in the Curve Wars, Convex voting ecosystem and how that plays into our flagship asset of IDBTC. And this is really kind of a complex multiplayer game that the strategies keep keep changing as new entrants come in or as, as changes happen in the market. So... Um, it's something that we we keep coming back to, and we're we're still kind of trying to optimize the the strategy for Badger in in response to other moves that are happening in the market. So this is the latest uh, kind of edition of talking through our thinking and how what what the implications of that are for kind of different participants in the Badger ecosystem. So what do you say? Should we should we dive in? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. All right. So what I want to do uh, today at, at the start is just kind of quickly get a survey of the different players here. So we've got 
uh, kind of three buckets. We've got Badger, BTC holder or BTC holders slash like depositors on Badger. And then we've also got Convex holders. And I don't know, Tridium, do you want to just get us started with a with an overview of these? Um, I don't know. Why don't, we, why don't we start with Badger? Like how would you characterize the goals of Badger in this in this game that we're playing? Well, I think so. Okay, it's a good question. So from, you know, the very beginning, I think since before Badger had vaults, it was very clear that our mission was to bring yields to Bitcoin and DeFi. And I think those who have been with Badger for a long time know that we've done a reasonably good job of maintaining reasonable yields on Bitcoin and DeFi uh, for the last year. Uh, that started with our airdrop and launched. And so we had like a lot of Badger that we were emitting and people were really excited about digs and Badger token was super valuable. And so for a long time, we were able to really provide the best yields and good yields for Bitcoin and DeFi simply by emitting a governance token. But obviously over time, like we need to slow that down. We can emit less. Um, and, you know, the initial pump kind of dried up. So like Badger wasn't worth a hundred bucks anymore or close to it. Um, and so then we kind of started to say, well, you know, like we need to find yields on Bitcoin and DeFi that like aren't just us handing out governance tokens. Um, and so our first try, I think real like solid attempt with that was the, the Yearn Vault. Um, we partnered with them for a little while. We tried to do that. But in the end, it was kind of based on some strategies. The fees were too high and the management wasn't good enough. And it just never really, it never really worked out, right? That whole like the, the holy grail of a 10% sustainable yield never really came to be. Um, at around the same time, we got really involved in Convex was launching and we kind of realized that there was an opportunity there. So we, we shifted focuses towards trying to like actually create the, the yields through our influence, right? So since Convex launched, we've been running what we call these partner first vaults. And what that means is that unlike other yield aggregators, we, instead of selling all of the tokens that we receive for more of the underlying, right, we sell up to 20% max, and then the other 80% we keep in their native form and put them in some sort of an auto-compounding helper vault. So what that means in the convex ecosystem uh, is that if you stake, let's say, Bitcoin and IBBTC on, on Badger on convex, right, you're earning Curve and CFC or BNCBX tokens we put those in vaults that, that auto compound them and generate yields and just continue to make them grow and emit to you then these auto compounding tokens. Um, so that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of where we're at now. Uh, I guess what was your question? Maybe I. All right. Let me, let me talk you through this outline and, and uh, let, tell me, tell me where I'm going wrong. So when I sit down and think of like the bullet points of what Badger is, is trying to get, right. We are a DAO that, people can deposit their Bitcoin into our smart contracts and they earn yield. And what we want, and, and part of that yield is what I would call organic yield, which is this, uh, what you described, uh, farming curve and convex and putting it in the vaults, right? And then there's the Badger token yield that go on top of that, right? And so what we're trying to do is gradually over time, switch to more and more of the organic yield and less and less of the governance tokens as we you know distribute more and more badger um, and that kind of winds down right then on top of that when we're performing the service through our contracts we're taking a fee we're taking it's usually what like a 20 percent performance fee of farm tokens so that's going to the treasury which we would like to uh, continue to pay our salaries and uh, you know create new wonderful products for for DeFi users then we've got 
convex that we need in order to kind of produce these yields, right? Because we need convex to vote for the yields on our pools in curve, which is the, the where a lot of the yield comes from. And then finally, we have like this asset IBBTC, which is like the badger flavor of tokenized Bitcoin. And we want that to, to grow and uh, become a more dominant form of Bitcoin in the ecosystem. Yeah. Uh, insofar as it creates better yields for Bitcoin on DeFi. Right. And I think that's that's the challenge. But yeah, that, I mean, that sounds like a pretty good, good layout of things. The one thing I would say is that we don't like right now we're all of our fees get recycled into the system. Right. So we're not we're not paying ourselves or doing cool stuff based on our fees. Like all of our fees are being used to continue to create yields in Bitcoin and DeFi. Uh, yeah. Right. I, I guess that'd be the one thing I would add would be like when you ask, what does Badger want? Badger wants to deliver yields on BFI, but like Badger also wants to make money so that people who are members of the Badger DAO have like they're accruing value as like a part of our community, a part of our Bitcoin community. And not only are they accruing value where like, yes, we're able to pay contributors or invest in things or whatever, but we're also able to sustain or grow or explore new yield opportunities for Bitcoin and DeFi. And I think one of the things Tritium said that I was interested in, I hadn't really thought of before, she was like our first foray into, you know, actually creating sustainable yield on Bitcoin was the Yearn Vault. And I would almost argue that I think Badger's first unique opportunity for trying to like create its own yield on Bitcoin would have been Dig, which is an interesting yeah, true. like concept because I think that was like also, we had the initial component of like synthetic something in Bitcoin is going to be big. And Dig was the first attempt at it. And then I think we realized that the algorithmic coins, synthetic coins, weren't like the market didn't react to those the way that I think we initially thought they would. And so then the next evolution of that was IBBTC. And the unique thing about IBBTC is that it's a tokenized version of Bitcoin on DeFi that increases in ratio to Bitcoin over time or has the capability to do that. It's not currently doing that because of a technical design or limitations in the current implementation of it, but it has the ability to do that. And I think that that provides a unique opportunity where Badger can provide underlying yield to Bitcoin and DeFi and also controls a lot of the like fee collection or influence resulting from that. So like as IPBTC collects interest, Badger is the only player in that field that's like collecting the fees on the underlying interest of IBBTC, which I think is an interesting lever that answers the like, what is Badger trying to do, which is, you know, deliver yield and also be able to continue to support yield and make money off of it. Yeah. Let me move on a little quick, a little more, but I just, just to point that out, I think there's, so there's a really interesting point here that I think is like key to everything that we're thinking about, right? Is that when Badger was a young DAO, when any DAO is a young DAO, Right. You're you're creating these tokens and they have value. Right. So like Badger had value. We were able to emit Badger, lots of it. Right. Which was worth way more than the fees. And we had good yields on Bitcoin and DeFi. Right. Then we launched Dig. Yeah. Dig was a rebasing token. But like even if Dig had or continued to be working. Right. You can only like mint so much of a rebasing token to emit to somebody that's like not part of that system. Right. Before you start to like inflate it and, and erode the value, right? So it really is, you know, like as we've grown, it's kind of like we actually need to 
like find, you know, we need to stop acting like a young Dao and start kind of trying to figure out ways to be like a big whale, right? That can do things that only like a really big whale could do and, and kind of use, move more towards being like the, the, the community's Bitcoin whale as opposed to, as opposed to, yeah, like something that's emitting a whole bunch of gov tokens. And I think that's kind of really what this, what this podcast and like what the next or the last three months and even more so the next three months of like Badger is about. So let me get this straight. Are you calling us old? Yeah. I mean, in, in DeFi terms, we're like what? We're like middle age, I think, right? I, I, I definitely think so. I mean, we're definitely, we can vote and we can probably have a drink at the bar in terms of DeFi DAOs. I think more. Like, I think like we're approaching a midlife crisis. <laughs> I don't I don't feel old, just for the record. I feel, I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm two months old. Well, like you just started two months, two months ago. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. So let's move on. So, at, by the end of this podcast, I want to get us really clear on two two ideas. Number one, this uh, this concept cookies that you alluded to about the exclusive yield for IBBTC and how that is so important here, and that's a concept that I think by the end of recording our last podcast, I was clear on. But since the uh, weekend. The uh, market gyrations, I think my mind has been erased again. So we need to get clear on that again, um, because I think it, it makes sense to uh, to explain that multiple times in multiple ways, because it's it's kind of complicated. And then number two, um, what's going on with the CVX strategy, right? And how that plays into it, because that is the voting power that creates these yields. And um, and we've got CVX that's unlocked and we want people to relock it. And so we want to talk about the, some changes that we've made to, to make it kind of more attractive to put your CVX in Badger. So uh, but before we go on to that, I want to just talk uh, again about like this. So we've got the three groups. We talked about Badger. We talked about how we're getting, getting uh, what is it, midlife crisis. Um, so like BTC, let's talk. So the second group is BTC depositors and the third group is the, the convex people. So let's talk about BTC people. So, you know, they're putting some, uh, Bitcoin and Badger. They're either like small depositors. We've got some bigger whales in the Badger ecosystem. So I don't know, uh, Tritium, how do you kind of think about slicing up the Bitcoin users who are in Badger? How do you, do you have like categories that that you uh put them in in your mind when you're looking at the data yeah kind of um so if you look at the screen here uh i've kind i've got this chart up right so this is a chart it's not perfect but it's basically of all of our different set deposits um over the last since the middle of october and kind of like up until november 2nd right like i didn't realize the power of the giga whale right it was kind of like okay we've got you know we've got thirty thousand holders and some of them are whales and there's like maybe a few like pretty big whales, right? We knew that we had like a few VCs that, that had come in through that VC round and that potentially had some Bitcoin in the system. Uh, but then on November 2nd, like if, if you're looking at the screen, you'll see it, this happened, right? But we had like a few thousand Bitcoin, like kind of just like withdrawn and redeposited and, and like in, in a kind of yeah, like strange ways. And it was like, what's going on, right? And it, it became like very clear that like that was all one holder basically that had probably half of Badger's AUM. So we kind of started thinking about like, well, wait, you know, like, okay, there's like, there's, there's, there's the shrimp, there's, you know, or the, the, the small Badger holders, right? There's definitely these whales, right? But actually a lot of our AUM uh, is these like giant giga whales. Um, and so then, you know, like over the last few months, I've been talking to people a lot 
um, and starting to understand those profiles. Um, and the way I see it, like, you know, these smaller holders, so let's start with them. I, I tend to call them the loyal badgers, right? These are, most of them have been with the protocol for quite a while. They've, they've had, you know, anywhere between like 0.1 and maybe like five to 10 Bitcoin invested. Um, they're super engaged in our community. They're, they're, they're through and through, right? Like they're just in it with us. And one of the interesting things about like the long-term loyal badgers is that, you know, in the last six months, at least, uh, I think this is still true. It was certainly true on Friday. Uh, like CVX and CRV have both outperformed Bitcoin. So the holders that chose to, or that, you know, chose to hold the, the badger hold position where you just really hold everything we give you, right? I think they've, they've done very well on their investments, much better than a pure Bitcoin investment. And so that has increased kind of their loyalty. And a lot of that was like CVX going up. So at the same time, they were like, wow, I'm making money. This makes sense to me. I understand the badger narrative. This is a good investment. I'm going to buy more CVX and put it in badger. So that's kind of one example, right? Um, the second example that I've become much more aware of, like since we launched IBBTC is what I call kind of the rent seekers, right? So these are, most of them I think are a little bit larger holders um, where like the gas isn't a super big deal, but I think some of them might be small too, right? And these are like the people that are just on convicts. They've got Bitcoin. They're going through, they're saying like, where am I going to get the highest yield? Do I think it's safe? How long do I think it's going to last? They're making, you know, a pure kind of what's the percent right now? How much money am I going to make decision? Uh, and they're selecting that. And so I think that's that's another, particularly in the Bitcoin space, um, you know, Bitcoin holders are very much aligned with Bitcoin and maybe not so much with like the protocols on Ethereum that they're farming Bitcoin on. Uh, and so to a certain extent, like they're just looking for returns. Um, and then again, the third one, let's go back to is the giga whale, right? And so the problem for a giga whale, as I've come to understand it, is that like you can't deposit a thousand Bitcoin anywhere without like totally changing the yield structure, right? So you see 10% yields somewhere, 15% yields. You say, yeah, that's sweet. You go and you deposit a thousand Bitcoin, right? And then the yields are like 2%. And then you're like, okay, like these yields suck. I'm going to pull it out. And then the moment you pull out, like the yields are 15% again. So the, the, the challenge that like real giga whales have, and I think most of these tend to be institutions, right? They're, they're generally not an individual holder, but an institution that's trying to help a bunch of people make money on their Bitcoin in a more centralized manner, right? They don't really like, they don't, they need a way to be able to like scale the yields with their deposits, um, which, which at least up until... In, until Badger started playing with influence, right, was kind of not possible or, or very, very difficult. So, yeah, I kind of think those are the three basic Badgers, right? We've got the loyal Badgers that are just into the protocol. They're in what they're doing. They understand what we're doing. They're along with us. They're, 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 they want to be part of the community whale, right? We've got the, the rent seekers that, like, if, if the community whale is doing better than they're doing or can, can get better returns, then they'll use it. And then we've got the giga whales who kind of, see this as a way to like manage a DeFi strategy for them so that they don't have to think about it, right? But be able to get like potentially like semi-decent returns or hopefully better returns so that then they can, yeah, serve their customers uh, that are maybe more like centralized. So to go back to like the kind of giga whales, you said that they may not necessarily be as interested in like the DeFi ecosystem. Does that include 
like the whole badger boost mechanic that that we've been uh rolling out like that's kind of more for the more for the smaller depositors right and that's yeah i mean that boost is a challenging thing right because i think right now i don't know I don't even know what Bad Jim's market cap is. Do we still have at least 100 million? Uh, but you know, if you think about it, let's say Bad Jim has 150 million market cap, which is liber- liberal at this point. But if I'm going to go put, you know, we've got a billion dollars in AUM. So if I'm going to go put like a few hundred million of Bitcoin and Badger, right, and I need a 50-50 stake ratio to get max boost, like there's no way that I can buy enough Badger to get the boost, right? And without just... Yeah, like running the price up so high that I'm going to totally wreck myself. So I do think like one of the challenges has been is that when yields were higher and when there was less boost, you know, it was always the case that the Badger emissions that we were paying out or the Badger and Dig emissions like made up for the performance fees, right? But over time, as we've emitted less and less, there's now this 20% fee and the Badger emissions like don't necessarily make up for it anymore unless you have a reasonably high boost which I think for somebody that has more than like certainly a few hundred Bitcoin is pretty unachievable. I'd also even say, even if you like, if you did have a thousand Bitcoin and you were trying to achieve max boost, the max boost number would, you would dilute that by a lot because we're only emitting what, like 10,000 Badger a week to, or every two weeks to like the IBBTC no, set. I think which like 20 I think to 30,000, a lot, but. Okay, but, okay. Yeah. But like, so right. like, I mean, if you yeah, have. Then you just bomb, bomb it for everyone, right? Then you right. bring yeah. the Badger yields down to like, I think it would still, I don't know, it might make up more than the 20%. I haven't done the math. No, no, I, I think like, I think it's not like it would do nothing, but it's, it, the number would look, the site would look drastically different if Giga Whale had a 2,000x Badger boost. Yeah, but then Badger <laughs> would be worth like. A lot yeah. more too, right? right. So. Yeah. So then it might work out. It might work out. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And this is kind of something I, I had trouble grasping, but you know, why kind of curve and convex are so important because these are tokens that have just a huge stream of emissions and they're basically like curve is what number 86 top crypto now. And they're putting out like a million dollars of curve a day or something like that. Right. So like it's one of the very few protocols that's capable just the stream of yield that they're paying out every day one of the few places that's that's like really capable of producing an industrial sized yield for these big whales yeah i mean let's just look at it here right like you can go over to this vodium website and so what they have is that this round right one convex vote will generate 50 cents in yields over the next two weeks for the pool that it's voting on. That was like two or three times that last week, right? Um, but yeah, everything's hopefully going to go back to normal, I guess. Uh, but yeah, the point is, so even now, one convex, one vote, right, for which there's 26 of them a year each time, that's generating 50 cents, I guess, right now, right? That's about, uh, what, 13 bucks a year uh, per convex that you're generating in yields on convex for some set. Wasn't that, that's the amount that one bribe is paying one vote of convex, right? What you have pulled up right now. No, I think, is it? Maybe. Am I, maybe I'm looking at the wrong number. Uh, you know what? Hang on. I, I've got this sheet. From, let's just pretend it's last week. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, then, yeah. then I can like, then it all works. So here. Um, there's some math here about Lamadette Air Force, right? This is again from last week, but 
Last week, uh, yeah, $1 spent in bribes result in $252 in emissions being generated. Um, so yeah, it, it equates in $146 in emissions, sorry. Okay, so what I'm just trying to get at is that the scale, like the reason that the Curve and Comics ecosystem is so important is because the scale of their emissions is material from a whale point of view, right? It's not like going to some right. protocol on Phantom that's got a market cap of like 10 million or 50 million or something, right? Correct. I mean, another way to think about it is that I think there's about 25 to 30 million CBX that vote every two weeks, right? So if you take... I don't know, like 20, 30 million times 1.5, you have like $45 million every two weeks in emissions that are being directed uh, as of last week, right? Oh no, as of now, as of now, as of last week, it was like more. Okay, cool. So let's, let's we've covered the kind of Bitcoin category and now we are talking about this yield producing game, right? So we've talked about the importance of Curve because they're so big and they have this emission stream. Convex is important because they have amassed a majority voting power in Curve. And the way Curve emissions are determined is that uh, voters in Curve and, and by extension Convex vote on where these yields are going, right? So the long story short is the CVX Convex token has become like this predominant yield influence token is what what we're calling it now right so what tritium or cookies do you want to just quickly like why why we have this cvx vault how did we start it how's it gone so far and bring us up to speed on like where we are in the in this vault to uh kind of incentivize people to uh, deposit their cvx with badger and the results that that has brought in so far sure uh so we set up originally this bbe cvx vault right the Again, from the very beginning, we were farming convex. In the beginning, you could stake it, and so it was BCVX. And then you needed to lock it to vote. And so we created this, this locking vault um, that, that basically allows you to put convex tokens in and vote for it, right? At the very beginning, I think there was no Vodium, right? So at the very beginning, like it was, there was, and eh, no, Vodium was pretty early, actually. I take that back, like at least before we were. I think Vodium was there before BVE CBX. But the idea was, okay, you put it in, we're going to pay you a bunch of extra Badger um, for having your tokens here, right? Because then we can go and generate emissions. And we also decided that we would pay those Badger emissions out flat so that somebody that wanted to accumulate Badger in order to get boost could put CBX in, could get a bunch of flat Badger, and then slowly build up their boost, right? Um Fundamentally, the way CVX, so the way Convex works is there's a 16-week locking period, which is nice, right? Because unlike the like four-year locking periods of Curve, it does allow like semi-liquidity. And so basically what happens is you put tokens into BBE CVX, it locks them once a week uh, on like Wednesday afternoon Eastern, Wednesday night in Europe. Uh, and, then, and then they're locked. And then basically 16 weeks later, the first of which was like last week, Right, we then unlock the tokens that were available from 16 weeks ago. Um, they are then available to withdraw, and then and then we'll lock them again at the end of the week. So if you look down here at this uh, BBCBX deposits and locking graph, um, you'll see like on the 21st of January, right, this this yellow line is how much is locked. So this is the unlock that happened, right? That then freed up about 70,000 convex to withdraw and over the last yeah over the weekend. Uh, when people were trying to get out of the market, right? That was all withdrawn. 
now this week on Thursday or Friday, I think there's about 300,000 unlocking. Uh, here's our schedule. So basically now, you know, like we just did this 70,000. Next week, we've got the 300,000. The next week, we've got the 500,000. And each week, those tokens unlock and become available for a week for people to withdraw. People can also deposit. And then at the end of the week, they get locked again. Um, thinking about the holders, right? Um, at least when we thought about BVCBX, it, it presents two maybe potential benefits to users, right? Like one is that it, the, the liquidity profile is a little bit different. So like with BVEs or with CBX, you lock it, you then can unlock it 16 weeks later and that's that, right? With BBE, CBX, you put it in, you can then withdraw when there are free tokens to withdraw. And then we also have a liquidity pool where you can trade it a lot, a lot like CBX, CRV or, you know, in CRV pool, for example. Um, so yeah, that's kind of that. Uh, so then, okay, let's go to the holders, right? So I think the the first holder, the the largest convex holder, is like the incoomer, right? Somebody that's just like, oh wow, there's like a bunch of money here, right? Like I'm a game theorist, I'm into this, and I can see that like I just want to maximize the value of my convex, right? Like this is a good token, I'm into it. These are the people that are probably taking a bunch of time to think about like, you know, do I delegate to Vodium? because I'm big enough and there's going to be like, it's worth the gas to trade or do I try to like figure out the right way to like pick a certain, you know, thing to vote on every week so I can make the most money. But they're really just concerned with like how much money can I make? Hey, can you hang on and just explain the, the income angle, like someone, someone who's buying CVX with the goal of making income, where does that income or in Coom come from? So this is the home of the Incoomer, right? Lama.air Force. Uh, it's, a, it's a really well put together site. So this percentage here, the 60% APR right now, uh, which I think which is higher than last week, but I think that's because Convex has held up better than most other stuff. Um, anyway, this ROI comes from a few sources, right? First of all, there's about a 5% return just for locking Convex, right? Then the second source of income is these like Vodium bribes. So every voting round, right? Like you can go on this Vodium protocol and protocols can place bribes for you to vote on their stuff, right? And it seems like there's like 10-ish million in bribes every two weeks, right? Which then gets split between everybody who votes for them. And then Vodium has a way to delegate your votes to them such that they will vote evenly across in order to kind of extract the, the maximum yield. And they recently, uh, actually Lama.Air Force themselves, recently built a tool to then claim all of those, sell them, and put those into a compounding CBX CRV. So basically, when you're, if you're an incomer, you're sitting here, you're looking at the Lama dashboard every week, you're like, how many bribes are going to come in? And you get like super excited, like every time somebody posts a new bribe, and then you come to this dashboard and you see like all the things that you can vote for and all the tokens you're on. A lot of them are also like stablecoin stakers. So like, for example, I might be like, man, Frax, like Frax is cool. They bribe a lot. I'm going to put all my money in Frax. Then I'm voting. My vote means that there's actually more emissions going to Frax. Plus I'm getting like 51 cents per vote from Frax. Does that answer your question? I think. It does. Yeah. And I think the uh, headline at the top of that screen, the DeFi Kingmaker, I think if I had to like make a mind map of these people, they are their votes are determining which 
of these different DeFi assets are going to have the best liquidity um, and they get the best liquidity because they're incentivized to uh, vote for these curve rewards. So people deposit more of their assets in them. So they are the the kingmakers. Yeah. And by doing this, they're getting this stream of income. And, and, and it's kind of like a, a mercenary capital, right? Like they don't necessarily care. It's kind of like a fuck you pay me. Kind of thing, right? I mean, they're they're not they're not mercenaries. They're kingmakers, right? They're not. I guess kingmakers kind of are mercenaries. Right? I mean, they're they're convex holders, right? They're, they're, I mean, you could call all of convex a tribe of mercenaries. I'm not sure that that's necessarily true, but you know, they're the people that saw this coming. They said, "I want to be a kingmaker," right? They bought and held and locked a lot of convex. And now they can decide who's king and they, and then they built, actually, this wasn't built by convex. It was built by their community. Right. And then they built the protocol to say, well, if you want to be king, pay me, which seems quite sensible. Right. Uh, yeah. That was like one thing. One thing I would add is when we talk about convex and like the voting power of convex, the reason why convex is so valuable is because it controls locked curve. So like curve was the initial, like it, it's the underbelly of this whole thing. You have to have VECRV to influence which pools receive curve rewards. And then convex came along and they were like, all right, we are going to create a locked CRV token called convex curve. And we're going to put it in a curve pool and we're going to vote for that curve pool to receive emissions so that our locked version of the curve holds peg with curve better. And then a bunch of people saw that as being super beneficial, started investing in Convex. And as Convex got bigger, they locked, they were had more vote power, they locked more curve, and then their token, CVX, now controls like one CVX controls something like five VECRV or whatever that you can use for max. Power. And I think Convex controls more than half the CRV. But right. you know, it's like they are, they are here. They took over CRV, right? It's, it's, it's like that Palpatine meme. I am the Senate. Like that's, that's convex. Basically. Well, it's interesting, right? Because before, before convex, I mean, the reason convex only happened when convex happened is because it was allowed to, right? Like, right. They curve, listed it. Curve wasn't a totally permissionless protocol. So you couldn't really interact with it as a DAO so easily. Right. And the only, so it was kind of like, individuals were were voting with and interacting on curve and then yearn made some sort of like a special deal so yearn had a way to actually like work with the dao and do like dao to dao things with curve and then i think there was one more saddle or something uh that that had that and 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 then convex kind of did but then instead of trying to like close that off right instead of saying like we're gonna use this as competitive advantage to make our vaults better they said, we're going to just offer this to all of the other DAOs, right? And create like the Battle of Kings, uh, which is a very good move, uh, clearly, yeah. right? Because the protocol has been very successful. Right. I mean, they gamified it and that has like changed the narrative around Curve over the past you know, year, six months. So, but not every convict holder is like uh, totally fixed on income, right? I think there's a few other convict holders that are interested. One is DAOs, right? And Badger DAO is one of them. There's a number of DAOs, but like clearly as a DAO, right, you'd rather not be paying these bribes because they're expensive. Um, and so if you have the convicts yourself to vote, then then you don't have to pay as many bribes. And I, I could talk about that for a while, but I don't need to. It's pretty self-explanatory, right? Um, in our case, another one is loyal badgers, right? So these are people that, you know, came in, they were already in our farms. We switched our farms. We moved all of our, 
our Bitcoin basically from curve to convex uh, in a way that users didn't have to do anything. Um, and so then they started getting these convex emissions um, and convex started going up and they're like, wow, this is a cool idea. We were kind of telling our narrative and explaining why this is important to Badger, why we thought the convex was like going to be a successful protocol, why this was kind of the bet that we were making. And a lot of our users came along with us, right? Um, which meant that they held all of the convex that they farmed in our protocol and they kept it there and it's still there, a lot of it. And they also like maybe bought more and put it in. Right. So these are people that are more maybe aligned with Badger's mission to bring Bitcoin to DeFi. Um, in, in their minds, it's been a pretty good investment. And certainly like they don't want to be getting nothing while the incomers are getting everything. Right. But they're also not looking every like two seconds to see, hey, like is Badger yields better? Is Badger yields better? Right. Maybe at some point if they feel like they've been very neglected they'll wander off or, or like maybe right now they think, Hey, it's time to exit convex um, because they're exiting everything. Um, but yeah, I think that's another one. And then the third one that's really interesting is like the giga whales, right? We see that. So we talked about that before. If you're a huge whale and you want to deposit that thousand Bitcoin, right? You could actually now deposit like, I think, I, I don't know. Where was the ratio? I think, uh, hang on. Like, so like right now, right, we have, do I have it here? No. Uh, okay. Well, by US dollar value, we've got about 10% convex to Bitcoin. So if you were to deposit, let's not do in Bitcoin because it's complicated dollar wise, but $100 million in Bitcoin and about $10 million in convex into the system at the same time, right, the yields wouldn't change. So fundamentally, that means that, that as a is a giga whale, right, the, the cost of scaling is now a 10% of your Bitcoin investment in convex, right? Or maybe you bomb the yields first and then you're like, hey, why did I bomb the yields? And then you read up a little bit and we're like, hey, you got to put some convex in. But for, you know, somebody that's been getting sub few percent yields on Bitcoin for most of time, like that's a real appealing proposition that might might almost even be worth like if it were stable for five years, we're just like paying that 10% for, let alone buying an investment that is that is fairly bullish in and of itself. Got it. Okay. So we've talked about the importance for, I guess we've talked about the, the kind of three profiles, right? We've got the loyal badgers who are in it because they like Bitcoin, the asset, they like badger. They want to have, uh, they want to kind of put their convex to work in badger to kind of help the ecosystem. And you've got giga whales who are, who realize that, Hey, this is the key to sustainable, uh, yield on my Bitcoin. And then you've got the kind of like income oriented people. Um, and I guess we've been thinking a lot about how to sort of sweeten the deal for the incomer, uh, income oriented people. Right. And we, ha we have these unlocks coming up and or have started with them and they're, they're more coming. And recently we have made some changes to, to sweeten the deal even further to add new kind of, uh, sources of returns for this locked convex vault. So Tridium, I, let's let's uh say say that you're kind of like an incomer in uh income oriented cbx holder you're in badger um you're looking at llama air force you're seeing that the apy displayed there on a given day is higher than the apy on badger maybe you're a little irritated that you were called mercenary on the badger podcast and you're you're, you're feeling a little grumpy i don't know what what's the badger message to them by the way i'm very sorry for for uh 
for it's saying hard, that the M word. Hard M word. I, yeah. I take it back. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what's, what's our message to kind of like, well, okay. the, um, so like even today, that group. well, and it's, it's hard, right? Cause there's a lot of different messages. I'm not sure. Like, like last week when we did this podcast, like our number was bigger, but I'm not sure it is anymore. I'm on the wrong, I'm an arbitrary kind of polygon or thing on here, but uh, you know, it doesn't matter. So you can go look on Llama at 60 on Badger. Actually, maybe I've got it here. Uh, Badger right now, it is uh, 51. So yeah, so you can go and look and say, okay, like Badger's paying 9% less. I think historically speaking, we have paid less. Um, and I think for the incomers, like that's not desirable. Right now, we're, we're making a lot of changes, which we'll talk about later in this podcast, uh, in, in order to really make sure, try to make sure that BV, CVX actually is competitive with with Vodium, at least most of the time, right? And it's a little bit tricky because like yields are calculated very differently, right? Like our yields are based on like the last seven days of average. And then, you know, like again, over the weekend, all of the prices shifted by 40% and based on like the averages and how long you're taking prices on, right? Like these numbers shift. But if the Badger yield is always less than the Vodium yield, right? Then then dear Incomer, you're clearly not getting a very good deal. Uh, and we've heard that and we're aware of that. So we, and, and again, we'll go through it a little later, but we're, we're working really hard to make sure that BBS, BBECVX does yield. Uh, and I think right now it, it is. Um, and so I guess what I would say to you is like, look at this graph, right? Like you could pull out tomorrow, um, or I guess you can't pull out tomorrow. You could pull out on Friday, right? You could also pull out the next Friday, unless you've got a lot of, CVX, you could probably pull out for the next two Fridays. Um, so if you're an incumer and you've taken the hour to listen to this podcast, then you're probably still kind of interested in Badger. And I guess what I would say is like, you know, hang out, watch what happens, like, you know, watch how the next few go votes go and, and, and how Badger does this, right? And, and then you can kind of, you've got a few weeks now, like for the first time ever, BV, CVX really is pretty liquid for the next four or five weeks. I mean, on, on top of that, I think I'd add right now, the market is the most uncertain it's been in the past six months. So it, it's a great time to have a more liquid version of locked convex where you're you know still having the upside of more than whatever the 6% yield that you get in convex curve on convex. Um, and, and when then whatever you get voting over the next, you know, 12 weeks or 16 weeks of your lock. You know, you can realize three weeks of that, one week of that, three days of that, and, you know, get out. Yep. That's a really good point, right? So, yeah, that's, I don't know, not more to say that. That is a good point, right? Like that right now, like you could, yeah, you, you, you've at least got a few weeks to get those yields and see how the market goes. And so particularly if you're in BBECVX, to me, it seems, I agree with cookies, like to pull all of your semi-liquid CVX that's yielding. We say now as well, or very close to as well as uh, VLCVX, right? To pull that all out of BBCVX right now and lock it for 16 weeks. Like, yeah, maybe it makes sense to watch the market for another week or two. Yeah, and that was a feature that we hadn't really talked. We, we talked about it, but we hadn't kind of used it as like our number one selling point, right, for this vault. It, it, you know, it used to be just kind of like the vault, right? So now we have this, the pool on curve where you can sell your locked convex and, and it is it's, you know, it's not substantially more liquid. That's not super genuine entirely, right? Because the reality is there's only like 50,000 tokens in LP right now. 
Um, so for a very small holder, right, there's always some liquidity. And, and at least for the next weeks where like there's tokens unlocking, right, like that will always be on it peg. But until we figure out how to get a lot more liquidity in the pool, the reality is, is that most of the liquidity right now is coming from from this unlocking. Right. And it really unless we figure out how to get a lot more liquidity in the pool, like after after this, like March 10, right? Like it's there's a while <laughs> before there's going to be like a lot of liquidity. Right. Unless again, unless we figure out how to change our incentives and, and we've got some thoughts there. Right. I don't think that that's at the top of our mind right now because we have liquidity for the next month or so but but yeah it is worth you know let's be honest here <laughs> all right so we've talked about the the players in the game what they're after and kind of like what our strategy is uh to kind of put put the pieces together but now i want to talk a little bit about um ibbtc right so like several months ago badger made the decision to kind of go in all in on ibbtc and to stop putting uh Badger emissions on many other pools uh, in our in our uh, DApps in our DAP and um, to go in on incentivizing IBBTC uh, liquidity and to voting for to support IBBTC in in this uh, curve uh, and convex ecosystem. So, what is the current state of of how that's going? Earlier at the top, we we talked about our goal is to kind of grow IBBTC market cap and these exclusive yields that come through IBBTC. So I wanted to start a little bit on that picture and sketch out how that's going and how the IBBTC machine fits in with the convex machine. Sure. So again, going back to this plot of deposits here, right? You can see that on when, when the great whale migration happened on the on around the beginning of November, right? They had a whole lot of AUM somewhere and it was basically, they had to like balance their AUM over kind of like all of our sets, right? In order to, first of all, like capture the most yield. But second of all, like a lot of these sets, they put in enough money that even though they didn't have that much boost, they were actually capturing like a pretty good chunk of the badger yields, right? So in order to like, farm badger we had like 14 different bitcoin pools then yields were shifting around and it was kind of like you had to chase them all right and the idea of ibbtc which had actually launched long before this but we hadn't really like we didn't have the curve thing working out was like the the one source of, of yield in bitcoin so what we kind of did when when we got this curve pool off is we said okay like we don't you know like we really want we, we need ibbtc to be big right so that it can have a fairly high amount of whatever underlying curve pools are in it and we need we need to have pretty high pool capture right we need most of the people that are in ibbtc to be in badger right because then everything flows back through our system and like our flywheel works right and otherwise we're just like spending a bunch of money to kind of you know like get these votes emitting a bunch of badger going through all this work to get these votes and then we're voting and then like somebody else is coming in you know can i can i can I stop you right there? Can we just take a step back and explain what is IBBTC as a form of tokenized Bitcoin and how it's different than something like a WBTC or RenBTC? Sure, cookies. You want to take that one? Yeah. So basically, RenBTC, right, is you bridge Bitcoin from the Bitcoin blockchain via Ren Dark Nodes over to 
the Ethereum blockchain or whichever blockchain you want to go to. Um, and that all one run BTC represents is one Bitcoin on the Bitcoin blockchain. So you can, you know, go back the same way you came across the Ren bridge, you can go back to the Bitcoin bridge and you're going to get the, you know, number of Ren Bitcoin that you had in Bitcoin minus the small fee you have to pay the darknets. The difference with IBBTC, WBTC is the same way, except it's a centralized custodian. The difference with IBBTC is it is comprised of yield bearing assets. So the only way that you can create a new IBBTC is by depositing in Badger's REN WBTC convex set. So that's, you know, you're adding liquidity to the REN BTC WBTC pool on curve, and you're taking that curve LP token and you're depositing it in a Badger smart contract. Then you take the vault token you get back from that deposit and you can mint one IBBTC with that vault token. Over time, theoretically, that vault token grow, earns interest, grows in its relationship with the underlying Bitcoin over time. And, you know, if I deposit today and that vault's earning 10% interest, this isn't 100% true right now because of how we have to manage the underlying yield. But theoretically, it earns 10% interest over a year. I deposit one Bitcoin in there, mint one IBBTC. A year from now, my one IBBTC is going to be worth. 1.1 Bitcoin uh, that I can, you know, redeem and then withdraw from the curve liquidity pool. And I'll have back, you know, 1.1 Ren Bitcoin or WBTC minus the withdrawal fees or redeem fees or whatever we're charging on IBBTC. Um, so that's how it's different. It's an interest bearing inherently form of Bitcoin. There's caveats with that because it only bears interest if the actual vault token increases its price per full share over time. And right now we're not doing that because we don't have the yield retention that Jonto posted along BIP about a couple months ago implemented yet. But that contract is still collecting rewards from that vault position because as Tritium mentioned earlier, all of Badger's vaults emit auto compounding yield tokens. So in the form of BBCBX and uh, BCBX CRV. Yeah, I mean, I think... More than the yield retention, right? Like the issue right now is that if so, if you're increasing the price per share of IBBTC um, and it's in a curve pool, right, 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 yeah, then you're going to lose like half your yields. Or I think right now there might be like a problem with the, the rebasing wrapper in the pool, so maybe more, but like you're not going to see all those yields, right? They get arbed away. Um, and so, in a world where IBBTC has lots of utility, right then that's fine because only a little of it is sitting on curve and, you know, it's all over the place and cool. But like, and right now the focus is really, or has been on bootstrapping it, right? We just need to get it big enough that there is enough of it to be everywhere, that it can be ubiquitous, right? And so that right now has been focused on using our convex and using our influence to really grow a curve pool. Um, and then in that sense, like it doesn't really make sense to have, the IBBTC yields actually be increasing the price per share of IBBTC because it's less advantageous to any of the users that are using it for the basically the the, the primary utility that it has, right? I think there's a, a maybe like a, a few hundred or maybe less IBBTC on like Solana and Polygon and on some other chains. But for the most part, um, yeah, it's, it's all in the curve pool. So talk a little bit about the yield retention goal of IBBTC. So right now, 
IBBTC is a curve LP token of the of the REN pool, which is the REN BTC WBTC curve pool that's deposited into Badger, right? And in that smart contract, it is accruing uh, curve and convex tokens, right? What what happens to them now, and what is going to happen when the yield retention turns on? Okay, well, so uh, hmm. well, I don't the, the yield. So the the yield retention that originally was proposed was about the fact that like there were multiple vaults with Bitcoin yields, right? And that then we could like farm those and redirect some yields. But to a certain extent, there are no vaults with Bitcoin yields anymore unless we vote for them. So to a certain extent, like that, that, that doesn't really make us a lot of sense. But let's, let's just kind of take a minute and think about IBBTC. So like for a long time, IBBTC was auto compounding 20% based on our partner first policy, right? And the rest of the IBBTC was kind of just like building up to be claimed or the rest of the yields, which were in BVECBX and BCBXCRV, were just kind of like queuing up to be claimed by IBBTC, but like we couldn't really sell them because it was against our policy and they weren't being auto compounded in, right? Um, when we launched the curve pool uh that was at least for the first little while still the case and and again the, the situation was that we were shifting all of our yields from ren it, it's it's a little bit tricky being the only person that creates the yields right when you're trying to then manage an interest interest bearing instrument because basically we knew that when we shifted 100% of our vote to ibbtc there wouldn't be any yields anywhere else at all to retain Right. So we didn't even worry about it. Right. We just kind of said, OK, like we're bootstrapping. I think if you remember, there were comms. Let me go back to this history. Right. This is here on like November 16th. And we we launched this whole bootstrapping thing and we just shifted everything, all the badger, everything, everything to IBBTC. And the whole point was like, we just need this to get big. Right. The reason we needed it to get big has to do with pool capture. So if I think it, now is probably a good time to think about this. Right. So again, Badger votes for yields on something, right? Then we own some, a certain amount of that set or of that pool is in our system. And so whatever amount of that pool is in our system, we claim the rewards, right? We deposit the CVX or buy BVE CVX with it, right? The CVX goes into our BVE CVX. Uh, the CVX CRV goes into our BBE CVX CRV where it's like working in our system and we're collecting some fees and that's all going good, right? And so all of those tokens flow back through the system, right? If the pool capture gets too low, um, then, then like it doesn't work anymore. So if you look here, uh, again, like on this plot, like this is kind of the history of, of, of the last time, right? So when we first kind of launched IBBTC, we said high capture and cool. Like everybody just was like into Badger IBBTC. We were emitting 50% of the Badger and flat Badger, which again, kind of going back to the boost thing we were talking about at the beginning, meant that for like most people, Badger yielded better, right? For the rent seekers, even then, like the, the, the yields on Badger were close to or more than our fees and it, was, and it was attractive for everyone, right? So people started depositing in Badger, right? Then Unfortunately, like we had this exploit, right, which you can see right here, it happened on the 2nd of December. And then we had about two weeks where our protocol, like our contracts were locked. So it wasn't possible to deposit, right? 
And during that time, what happened was people kept depositing in the IBBTC vault, right? But they, but they couldn't deposit in Badger. And then by the time they could deposit in Badger, right, all of the, the, the flat Badger was gone and there wasn't really, it was just kind of, it, it yielded less. And if you were a rent seeker, there was really no reason to do it. So as we kind of came into the beginning of the year, it was, you know, like it just, it, BB, IBBTC on Badger wasn't really competitive. And we only had about like 20%, 25% pool capture, right? Which meant that we were taking all of our resources and putting them into voting for the CVX and CRV of which only 25% of it was coming back to our users. Um, and so that was kind of when we started to say, okay, we need to like rethink yield retention, right? And like this old way of thinking about it doesn't work because there are no other yields to retain, right? But at the same time, as you see here, like right around the 2nd of January, right, the yields on REN, the yields that IBBTC had on REN, right, crossed the yields of IBBTC itself and pool capture. So what that meant is that there was more REN in I, as, as a percentage of the pool. There was a higher percentage of the REN curve pool in IBBTC than there was of the IBBTC pool in Badger. Right. And so what that actually meant is that for us to vote for REN, right, was more beneficial to our users. Right. And then again, we had this IBBTC, all the tokens are flowing into IBBTC. The problem is we didn't know what to do with them. But then it became clear, well, why don't we just take all those tokens and immediately just re-emit them to the LP and the curve pools? So fundamentally, what that's allowed us to do, right, is to stack the two yields, right? So that when you're on Badger, you're getting the IBBTC yields minus the 20% fees, right? Plus your share of the 37% of the REN yields, right? Um, minus our performance fees. And that then allows us to create exclusive yields, right? Which are higher than convex. So right now, I think if you go on Badger where I'm still in Polygon, I don't know, maybe somebody else has been there. I'll figure out how to do this down. While you're pulling that up, let's, so we're gonna take a few minutes to talk about the elusive quest for exclusive yields and and where this comes from, right? So what, from my understanding, the problem is this. So Badger is voting using its convex vote weight for um, yields that are put out by uh, curve and convex, right? And if you're taking your uh, assets and depositing them into convex, you can get something like, I don't know, 12 or 15 or 17%, right? Then if you go ahead and deposit them on Badger, Badger is taking a fee out of that. Um, and so people were kind of saying, why should I deposit on Badger? Like the, the upside of getting the rewards auto compounded from Badger is not not worth uh, this this fee cut. And so basically Badger was not getting any benefit from those yields that it was creating, which makes the flywheel spin slower, right? So then there, there is this idea of, of creating exclusive yields that are only available on Badger. Um, and this has to do with a quirk of how these pools uh, uh, come together, right? So, and how IBBTC has these underlying yields and, and where they intersect with, with the, the different pools. So while you're getting that pulled up, I think I'm ready can now. you- <laughs> I can lift it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about me. Okay. So like right now, right? And this is not the case before, 
Right now, if I go on Badger, right, I can see that on the IBBTC, and again, this is my my DAO signer wallet, right? Like, I don't know where these came from. I held some tokens for a minute, but I have no boost. Um, and I'm getting 8% yield. Um, if I go to Convex, right, th then there are two sets in Bitcoin that we're voting on yields on, which are the two sets where there are yields, right? One is REN. Uh, and we can see here that REN's got about a 3.46% yield. Right. And then the other one is IBBTC. And we can see that IBBTC has a 565% yield. So at the moment, it's looking pretty good, right? Like I can go here and if I'm, if I'm seeking rent, it's like, okay, I, I can either get 5% or 3% or I can go over to Badger and get 8%, right? Two weeks ago, you wouldn't have, without this real yield redirection, right? The, this yield, the Badger yield on IBBTC, right, would have been like 20% less than the 5.65%, right? So I don't know, my, my mental math. And that's the Badger performance fee coming And that's in. minus our performance fees, right? So again, when, you know, at the beginning of the year, if you were to go and you looked on Badger and you looked on Convex, you would see the IBBTC pool that was entirely supported by Badger's influence and you would see a number there. And then you'd go to Badger and you would see a smaller number there unless you had sufficient boost, which again, any large whale can't really have. And then it's kind of like, well, why would I use Badger? Right. That That's fair. Um, and so, and so, and again, like we can't just keep emitting tons and tons of Badger. So here's the part that, that it took me a while to, to understand, right? So if, if you imagine, uh, you know, curve and convex are kind of the sun and they're emitting out these rays of yield, uh, it's kind of like a con conservation of energy, right? Like, if, if the yield in the in the system is coming from curve and convex, how and Badger is taking a fee on that, how is it possible to get more in than is coming out on these individual pools? So where where does this exclusive yield come from if uh, the ultimate source is curve and convex? Okay, so again, when we vote on one pool, right? Like there's two there's two components of of IBBTC yields. There's the yields on IBBTC LP itself, right? That's this. That's this five point uh, five point six five percent right now, right? That's just you put it in the pool, you can get that money, right? Then remember that you, as you were saying, or as Cookies was saying, right, that IBBTC is actually made up of REN BTC or REN curve, right? So that means that any of the REN curve that IBBTC owns is also earning yields, right? And so right now. Right, looking at pool capture, 37% of all of the IBBTC, or sorry, 36% of all of the REN curve is, is actually deposited into IBBTC, which means that of, of you know, it, sometimes like in a DAO level, it, it makes less sense to think about yields. But if you go back to thinking about like that 146 that we were generating per vote, right, that means that like a third of that, so maybe about like 50 cents. Um, is actually flowing into IBBTC per vote, right? That, so basically now we can vote for both REN and IBBTC, right? That whole 5% becomes available to IBBTC, like that's Badger yields, right? Plus we get this extra 50 cents a vote, right? Which is again is 33% of the 146 that we saw here on on Llama, right? So 146, 36% of that, 50 cents, 
give or take, good enough, right? So then plus. So now you're basically getting the 146 for that that, that we paid into the pool. Uh, sorry, now I'm I'm crossing numbers again. But the point is, there's more yields, right? Another way to look at this is that if IBBTC right now. So the IBBTC LP right now is made up of 58% IBBTC, right? That means that kind of like 58% of that 50 cents in a sense, or 58% of that 3.6% is additional yield that we can add on to IBBTC. And I would imagine if you took like, I'm, I'm not going to do the math right now, but, but if you took 58% of the REN yields, Right, uh, minus the so of three point four five minus the twenty percent fees, and added it to the IBBTC yield minus fees, you would get something that was like fairly close to eight percent, because that's fundamentally what's happening. We could do it if you want, but yep. maybe not on a podcast. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I think that the, the it's it's a cool thing because like it it shows this is like one of those things that can only really happen in DeFi, right? Because these pools are just tokens that can be um, made into other m kind of like built on top of one another, right? So like the way I've kind of visualized it is like you imagine um, a Venn diagram, right? And so like each, there's two circles on the Venn diagram, there's the uh, REN and then there's the IBBTC LP, right? And both of those have their own emissions. And because the IBBTC is, is consists of a chunk of REN, uh, there is a, a part of that Venn diagram that overlaps, right? And so that's getting uh, the additive emissions from both pools. And that's where this exclusive yield comes from, right? It's because these two pools can intersect and there's this portion of the pool that's intersecting. And so you get both of the yields stacked on top of each other. Exactly. And I think like one of the cool things you said is this can only happen in DeFi. And I think that this whole, the whole way this has played out has been the most DeFi way ever, where we are having conversations in our Discord with users who are asking, why can I get a better yield base with no boost on Convex than I can on Badger? And that required us to take a look at all the pool capture stuff that Trey talked about and what we were doing with you know the focus on bootstrapping at first. And if you look at it, on you know the exploit threw a huge wrench in things as far as people were physically unable to deposit in Badger, and I am really curious how those two weeks would have played out if people could have deposited in Badger at that point, if as many people would have deposited in Convex, and what it would look like. Regardless, what it looked like at the end of those two weeks was the pool capture on IBBTC in Badger. So the amount of that Convex LP token held by Badger was you know, significantly lower than the amount that was held just in convex. But at the same time, because we focus so heavily on bootstrapping IBBTC, and most people who don't know what Badger is didn't have IBBTC, in order to get that LP token, you didn't have to deposit IBBTC because Curve allows you to deposit single assets into the meta pools. So you could have deposited IBBTC or yeah, IBBTC, REMBTC, WBTC, or SBTC to get that token. 
And what a lot of people did was they deposited just WBTC or RenBTC or SBTC, which led to an imbalance in the pool, which then led to like, if you look at Badger over the past two months, there've been a ton of arbitrage bots that have been depositing and minting IBBTC with Ren and WBTC, and then like immediately selling that for profit, which led to a higher pool capture of the Ren WBTC you know, convex token, which then made that overlap that you were talking about Wasabi with a Venn diagram larger and made it make more sense for Badger to vote for the REN pool as well as the IBBTC pool and enabled Badger to deliver that exclusive yield that, you know, we've talked about. Yeah, I mean, I, that's a really, you know, and I think that's a great way to, you know, th- again, think, I always think of IBBTC as like the, the, the Bitcoin whale, right? So like, if you were, I don't know, like if you were some holder with like 5,000 Bitcoin, right, uh, or $500 million in Bitcoin, you could go buy $50 million in CVX and you could pick whatever pool you wanted, really. You could put all your Bitcoin in it. You could vote for it. You could get all the curve and convex and you could do the same thing Badger is doing. Right. But the reality is, is that nobody that has that much Bitcoin actually wants to like, you know, no VC that has that much Bitcoin, like actually really wants to deal with that. Right. Like their portfolio managers and they're busy doing other stuff and like no small holder ever has a chance of that. And to me, like Badger's always been this like fair launch style that's about like everybody coming together and creating the opportunity for everyone that like only the whale can have. Right. And so I think that that like we've gotten there with IBBTC, like we're, we're finally at the point where we had to bootstrap it. We had to get to the point where it was, you know, the 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 third largest Bitcoin or the fourth largest like Bitcoin, uh, out, you know, or wrap Bitcoin on on ETH. Uh, and we had to get to the point where we had the high capture and REN, right, where where IBBTC had enough of a pool that it could get the benefits of voting on it and could start to make these plays. But like now we're, we're kind of at the point where we are that Bitcoin whale, right? Um, and, and, and we're working as a community and, and in public and, you know, with everybody that wants to be involved to figure out like the best way forward to make everybody money. Okay. So to our listeners who are still here with us, I know this has been kind of a technical discussion. So I want to move us into our kind of dessert uh, segment of the of the recording and get some alpha from uh, Cookies and Tritium and, and hear uh, some stuff they're thinking about in the market because since the first time we recorded this, uh, I don't know, we're, we're down quite a bit and I don't know exactly how much because I'm not opening my uh, Zapper or any uh, financial accounts right now. But uh, before we do that, I just have one more question. So we talked about this, the exclusive yield and, and pool capture model. So what do you think? Um, do you think this is going to be the same kind of voting structure we're going forward, or how 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 does this gonna how sustainable is this? Are there gonna is there just gonna have to be a, a kind of like twice uh, every two weeks uh, reevaluation of this based on what what the pool capture is looking like, or how does this turn into kind of like a a model or a system for making these decisions going forward. Yeah, so so Poe and I are working on that, right? And uh, if you look right now, if you think about everything we've talked about, right, we're kind of looking at like a few outputs, right? We're looking at like, or a few inputs, I guess, right? Which is like pool capture, which is based on like how much is in the pool and how much we hold, right? And so there's some internal factors about our size. And then like 
and then the value of, of, of bribing and of conducts on Lama, right? And so the goal is to, and basically what we're doing, and like there's this article that I hope to get out soon, it's long, and it takes you through all of the math and helps you kind of understand how to do that. But the goal is to like figure out the, the secret formula, right? And to make that clear. The problem is, is that like convex votes are streamed. So it takes about a week. It actually took like two weeks almost before like the, the, all of the things that we voted for really came to fruition. So that's the first thing is that things are delayed enough that I think we've kind of learned that you, unless like something really drastic or unexpected happens, you probably want to vote the same way at least twice in order to like see what happened. Right. Um, and then actually right now, like what we've been doing, if you go to the Badger Discord, there's a channel called BVE CVX Voting Bribing. And we're having very, very, very open and public conversations with the community about like what we're doing and why and we're collecting feedback and, and thinking about it. Um, I think the goal is over the next month to make this a lot more clear, right, to hopefully get this article out that's going to explain everything in this podcast and like kind of a more coherent and written way that hopefully is maybe a little bit more boring, but easier to like follow. Um, and, and then eventually we're working towards, you know, what I'd like to do. So you've seen all these Dow watch dashboards, like we don't have the Vodium data, data here, but can I, you know, my eventual goal is a dashboard that just shows all of the inputs and then tells us how we're going to vote. Right. And then an article that explains like how that thinking is so that like real time, we're just pulling all the information. And we're saying, you know, we figured out the optimal way to to balance things, and and we're shift, and we vote like that, right? I think in the end, well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think we we really. I'm interested have to, to hear. It. So, I, so cookies, you're you're a Python guy, right? So I'm sure you've made a bot or two in your day. Like, does this problem strike you as the the kind of thing that could be reduced to just like a bot that takes in these numbers and puts out a, an answer, or there's, does there always have to be some kind of like politicking and and uh kind of like pro prognostication in here that's what i was gonna say i think i honestly think it ends up being both just because like DeFi is so fluid where i think we're going to have a model at some point that like yes it's python or whatever and it's incorporating the pool capture and convex price and bribe price and all of that jazz and it's like all right this is the optimal um, way for badger to vote to support its customers and you know collect yields and then a month later everything I, changes exactly like that that's the other thing like I, I i think the really cool thing about define badger and we've harped on early in the podcast and it's why i wanted to work here and work for the dow and be a dow member is because it's so community driven DeFi changes so quickly you have to take input from as many people as you can and there are experts that like know things that you don't and come in and share really great ideas and whatever. And I think Badger is willing to do that. And I think that's why we were able to change our voting strategy to deliver these exclusive yields this past round. And we're going to do it this next round. Also, at the same time, we were talking earlier today. So not even like we're just talking about the convex ecosystem right now. Badger, what we want to do is we want to provide the best place to put your Bitcoin in DeFi in a non-custodial way where you control you know, ownership of your assets and your earning interest. And like, that's what we, where we want to be. There are new protocols that are coming out that, you know, Wasabi Tree, we were talking about 
before recording, you know, the VE33 or like whatever comes out. Maybe there's like a 6.6 thing that comes out in the next year. Like I have no idea, <laughs> but like there's going to be something that totally shakes everything up. And like, we have to be in a position where like we are thinking about that and able to adapt. So I think it's going to be a little bit of both model and community and just like elbow grease, honestly. Like sometimes you just got to throw darts at the wall and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, the other thing I've just said is, you know, like Spada's dream via BTC has also, has always been, you know, like it's it's $5 billion, right? It's, it's very, very large. Um, and so the bootstrapping strategy was about just getting it big, right? And we got it as big as we could get it before our pool capture went to crap. And like, then it wasn't competitive anymore. Right. Like now we're kind of trying to figure out this pool capture thing. Right. So like, how do we create these exclusive yields and like, how do we work this out? Right. But that's not, you know, like we're not in this game to be kind of like balancing between two pools. Right. The goal is that IBBTC should be multi-chain and it should be in a lot of places. And, you know, there should be lots of utility for it, which should be a large part of its value. And then it should it should eventually have like a, a, some underlying return, which which wouldn't need to be that large because there's all the utility. Um, so I think, you know, there's two things happening in parallel. Like one is that we need to get it bigger and we're going through various stages, starting with bootstrapping, right. And now kind of looking at pool capture optimization. And then like, once we figured out that out and we're looking at this and like all of these numbers are green and everything's looking good and the thing's trending up, right. Then, then kind of the question is like, what's next? And, and my guess is that will involve more utility for IBBTC which will mean that the yields, instead of being redirected to the curve pool, are going to actually have to go into IBBTC like it was originally intended, right? And then we've then like then this whole thing doesn't work anymore, right? Then we need to find like new sources of exclusive yields or, or a new reason for IBBTC to continue to grow. Um, so I think I think you're going to see a lot of changes in progress with IBBTC um, as it as it grows up. All right. Well, cool. Well, so with that, why don't we move into our kind of uh, fun uh, dessert segment and just uh, get some alpha, get some some of your thoughts. I'm curious uh, if you're making any new moves in the market now. We've, you know, it's it's been crazy the last uh, couple of days. I guess since Friday. So I don't know. Cookies you got any alpha for us? It could be financial. It could be baking tips. Whatever you got. Yeah. And my so on, on the original recording of the podcast, I gave my alpha on my uh, grandma's cookie recipe. However, times have changed since then, and there are larger things going on in my life right now than grandma's cookie recipe. So my first piece of non-crypto alpha is going to be don't give Patrick Mahomes the ball with 13 seconds left when he needs a field goal because mm. he's going to get the field goal. So that's my first piece of alpha. Sorry for all of the Badger Bills fans out there. Diehard Chiefs guys, you've got a great one in Josh Allen, but he's not as good as Mahomes. My second piece of uh, crypto alpha, I guess, would be uh, put some aside for your taxes because the the bear market may be coming. I don't know. I'm not a great trader, but like you are going to have to pay income taxes in the next however many months. So make sure you have some aside there. And then a little bit of Badger alpha. Uh, I mentioned this. This was my, my piece before. Uh, the cross bridge protocol by uma just adopted badger for bridging um from arbitrum instantaneously instead of having to wait the seven days via the arbitrum bridge and you can provide liquidity with your badger and it was earning like 20 40 percent apr i don't know what it's down to now i'm sure it's lower because 
It's been out for a couple of days now. Um, but that's going to be added to Badger Boost. So you'll be able to pool your Badger in the uh, across pool and it'll still count towards your boost at some point in the near future. So definitely look into that. Stay tuned for the rewards team updates on when that's added to boost and everything along those lines. So I I was looking at that after you mentioned it uh, the other yeah. day and, and I was looking at the APY. So where does that come from? Like, is that just a portion of like how much uh, Badger is being bridged? You're getting some as a fee, so it will go up and down based on like how much is being moved or or is it like a governance token or what, what does it come from? I, I'm pretty sure it's just off of fees right now, but I think the other alpha there, I read this on Twitter from like, I don't know if it was DCF God or someone, but I think someone had a spaces saying that across uh, maybe launching a token soon. So that's not out yet. Right now, the APY is just from fees from, I guess, the bridge volume, but they may be launching a token. So I'm sure that providing liquidity to their bridge would, like, I would assume that would count towards airdrop qualification or whatever if they do end up doing it that way. It's like 100% community owned too. So how do you 100% community own something that doesn't have a token? I, well, I think it was built by like just by these devs built it and then they just turned it over to the community and they're like, hey, do what you want to do with this. Okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> it sounds like we like, need some governance. But yeah, like exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. Tridium, what do you got for us? I don't know. I, you know, like I, man, I, I, I get wrecked when I, I, I suck at trading, right? Like I can tell you what I think a good idea is, but like I almost always end up like buying it at the wrong time or whatever. Like there's, you know, I, I'm, Fairly invested in Redacted, which has now been extremely wrecked, Butterfly, right? Um, and based on how wrecked it is, I would now say that maybe that looks like a good investment, but I'm saying that having lost a substantial amount of mine, so I wouldn't necessarily listen to me. Are you um, a crypto value investor now? Yeah, well, I, I, I'm just, I don't have any cash. I'm, I'm not selling, right? I'm a hodler right now and, and waiting for better times. Um, but... Uh, I think, you know, what, where I've actually made most of my money in the last month or two is on these like 1% Uniswap V3 pools, right? So when like, I, I made a ton on Butterfly, but like when a new token launches, there doesn't tend to be that much of it in circulation, right? When it gets like widely airdropped, it's different, but like particularly like when there's a new token and it's like slowly being released, right? There's not a lot of it and there tends to be a ton of volume. Um, and it used to be, that the only liquidity was like protocol incentivized liquidity, right? So like Badger had the emissions and that the old like style LP where you got in a Uniswap V2 LP and you stake somewhere and you got a bunch of rewards. But now there's all these like wonderful Uniswap V3 pools, right? So you can basically go in this pool and you take, you know, you can pick any range. You can go pretty narrow band um, and you can LP in that range, but for 1% fees, right? And so very often, like I've just looked at stuff and you look at the candles and you're like, something's bumping up and bouncing up and down by like 20%. And even just like picking a range in there, right? Every time the price goes through that range from the bottom to the top, you're going to get 1%, right? Maybe potentially more if it bounces around in that range. But if you just thought about the price going up 10%, down 10%, up 10%, down 10%, and you were in like a very narrow 2% range in the middle of that, right? You'd get your 1% every time you cross that range. And it yeah, I uh, play with it a little bit. It works out really well. I think on ETH, it can be pretty expensive with gas because first of all, like the IL can be pretty extreme, right? It's not something to throw a lot of money at and 
you start with like all of one token and then you end up with all of another token. And if you want to get back in, you have to swap again. So like you really have to like realize that that impermanent loss pretty quickly. But but the 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 rewards are just phenomenal if you get it right. Um, so I would say gas is expensive. There's also Uniswap V3 on Polygon. And I think there's new tokens launching there from time to time. So maybe that's like a good time to play around with it. But yeah, new tokens, token launch. First thing you do, go look at the V3 pool. If you see that there's like 1 million in liquidity and like 50 million in volume, like that's a moneymaker. So you is that what you look at? You look at the liquidity to volume ratio? Yeah, yeah, basically, right? Because if there's if there's very low liquidity and very high volume, and and maybe the volatility and whether I think it's at all predictable or you know, like kind of so a good Uniswap V3 pool, you don't want to have to be moving. You're better off something that like isn't going really quickly up or really quickly down, but it's more just like bouncing around all over the place. So that's kind of what I look for is like, first of all, that there's not like a strong, fast trend, right? That's going to just break me out of the range. And, and like, I'm going to just keep getting wrecked with IL. And second of all, like, yeah, liquidity volume, right? How quickly, how many times am I going to turn this over? Because if you think about it, right, again, you're also concentrating it, but even, you know, you're, if, if you're getting a 50 to one, ratio that means that like the volume's getting turned over 50 times a day and you're making one percent that's 50 percent a day right i mean in that it's pretty ridiculous cookies do you play with uh v3 no i don't but i was i was thinking during uh what you're talking about trading i think i read a tweet somewhere that was like comparing actively managed v3 positions versus like just holding a single nft and i think the single nft they're they're basically showing that you actually are less profitable doing the actively managed positions than the single ones. So um, it sounds like you're onto something. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I, it depends. It's, it's like the most AP Deegan thing to do in the world. Right. And, and I suck at trading enough. So like I said that I sucked at trading and I said that I'm making a lot of money doing something that's actually <laughs> a very complex trading activity. Right. But somehow for me that, I, that, that must mean something, right. That means that I'm like, shooting in the dark and I usually miss and I'm somehow like cashing in. Uh, if you know what you're doing, you could probably make a lot of money. Yeah. I don't see why Uniswap, I mean, they're all about just like wild west, put any asset in there. Like they should let you choose your fee struck. You know, they yeah. should let you just set a custom fee pool. Oh, you mean like other than the, I mean, I think you've got a choice between 0.5, three and one. Right. But why isn't there like a 2%? Two, uh, I mean, how, how many more things, it just seems like uh, you are getting with 1% for these like very new coins, you are getting well compensated. Yeah, for, for well, I think, it, I think, but I mean, it has a little bit to do with the routing, right? And how to trade. Because the thing is, like, a lot of times you'll see a pool, there's like a 1% pool. That's the other thing to look at. Is there also, and you wouldn't, is there also a 0.3% pool, right? Because if you think about it, if there's a 0.3% pool, the small trades happen there. But when the, there's a fast price movement and you move more than, you know, like, far enough up to make the fee worth happening, right? Then that pool kicks into effect. So yeah, I, I mean, I, they're smart at Uniswap. I, I imagine that it's well thought out. Maybe they will add more, um, but yeah, I don't know. And, you know, I guess going back to cookies, the other thing about this protocol managed like V3, right? Or some sort of automation is that like the risk appetite is different there, right? So if I put in all my money into a automated V3 thing and then, like it gets totally wrecked in IL and either I come back like in two days and there's half of my money or I only have like one token that's worth a lot less, right? Like I'm going to be pretty pissed off. 
Whereas like if I'm like aping around and I'm kind of like aware of what I'm doing and I'm aware of the risk and, and these are risks that I'm taking, right? Then then like, yeah, that works better. So I don't think that if you're doing this for like a whole bunch of people, at least not the way I'm doing it, right? Uh, yeah, I don't think you can do what I'm doing. All right. Well, I'm uh, personally at this very moment looking at my position in one of these uh, 1% pools. And if it works out, I will let everyone know on a later episode. And if it doesn't work out, I will quietly never mention it again. So uh, with that, Tritium Cookies, thank you for uh, re-recording this today. Apologies for the audio issues last time, but uh, let's get this out there and uh, keep spreading the IBBTC good news. Yeah, and, and give us your convex. We'll make it worth your while. Come talk to us about it if you have questions. We want your convex. We're very happy to talk to you about how to make you happy. Uh, so yeah, come have that conversation with us. And on top of that, if you have ideas about what you think Badger should be doing with Convex or other opportunities, whatever, hop in the Discord, like <laughs> Tritium, Poe, very active in there. Sometimes you'll get a shit post from me. Like it, it, we love talking to our community members. This is a community DAO. All of our strategies are, are go through our Discord. So, All right. Well, thanks again for, for listening and uh, we'll see you next time. 